0: Out the motherfuckin' mind with it, out the motherfuckin' mind with it Everybody, thank you for listening and watching another episode of the Three Raw Podcast. This is CJ,
1: my man's Rob, your boy Jimmy.
0: So, what's been going on, fellas?
2: Uh, quick shout out to our, our bishop's mother, she passed on today. Um,
0: my condolences, is- I'm
2: still. And shock uh, with a heavy heart so i'm i'm asking that everybody just pray for the sheer family uh, pray for their strength pray for everybody that's losing uh family members it's, it's it's a it's a difficult time but we will get through this together and just gotta stay prayerful and lift it in christ and we'll be alright
0: Most well, definitely man yeah, man, I, I was with my wife. She told me that uh, a couple of hours ago. She was like, yeah, um, mother, she'll pass. So I'm like, huh? But I knew that um,
2: both he her and... She so yeah.
1: passed for the, um, the pandemic, the COVID? Yes. Okay.
0: Both the husband and the wife was in the hospital because of it. Hey, man, I had to hear that. How old was
2: you? Uh... I'm not sure how was to
0: she was seventy something. Okay.
2: Very yeah, strong, very loving, and one of the strongest women you'll ever meet.
1: Yeah, we we losing a lot of them, man. You know what I mean?
0: We losing a lot of them. Especially here in Michigan, bro. The numbers high as hell, dog. Especially in Detroit, bro. That shit ridiculous. You seen the numbers, dog?
2: yeah I do. they doing it by zip codes now you know my wife was just looking at it and even though we're okay as far as how the numbers look it's still a fact of the matter that the number is even there so you just you just gotta stay prayerful. right
0: i think the i was trying to think the highest zip the highest number the highest um number of zip code was like four eight two three five i think Man,
2: that
0: shit crazy. Oh, God damn. That shit higher
2: than Wayne County, bro. You know, we was just me and my me and my wife and my sister was just talking about how uh, the protesters not too long ago in Lansing was doing that unnecessary foolishness, and even though they they got a right to, uh, it, it's still stupid. Um, and I've always noticed how Wayne County being the highest of the African-American population within Detroit, how we always end up being like the the like shadowy, go-to county, if you will. It's kind of like we're looked at as the leaders, but we're not. And it's crazy how... Mm-hmm we are able to understand things that go on in the city or in the country in a manner that we were able to band together enough to to try to keep the common sense factor up as much as we can so it's it's just nutty to me to just watch these other counties and these other just people in general just feel like you know if what whatever happens happens and unfortunately this is not that type of situation. This is not whatever happens, happens. This is whatever could happen, will happen if you keep up what you're trying to do and we are trying to fix it. Right. And I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know if people look at it from a standpoint of this, is just not enough, it's not enough warning signs.
0: I know. And how do you feel about Two states, which particularly uh, California, not yeah, California and Florida opening their beaches up already. How do you feel about
2: that? I feel like they just they just giving up. They just like, look, I don't feel like having a mutiny or anarchy or whatever it could be with these people being asked to stay home because I want them to stay alive. So, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I feel like somewhere along the line you need to understand your role in leadership. I'm not saying that you're, you know, these people are your slaves or whatever the case may be. But as a a leader, you're supposed to lead by example. You're supposed to be able to say, listen, I know it's ugly. I know it's hard. And I know the position that I'm in looks like I'm having a sunny day. But at the end of the day, while it looks like I'm having a sunny day, I'm not because I'm responsible for... Umpteenth million of you guys, staying alive, staying safe, doing what you're supposed to do toward each other before and after this pandemic. So it'd be nice exactly. if, if y'all would trust, you know, your leaders enough, and, and would actually try to put some responsibility and some accountability into you all strides with trying to do what's best for yourselves. Versus just saying, "I'm ready to party," "I'm ready to be free." You know, uh-huh. this is an oppression. This this is literally what it is. This this is a pandemic. Right, stay your ass home. You know what I'm saying. And I I to be honest, I'm getting a little irritable with the the thought process that we're being oppressed against. Because if we was really being oppressed, it'd be martial law. It, they, I said stay in your house or bang.
0: I think it's stupid, bro. I think it's that people like just rushing to get up out get outside just don't understand the magnitude of this um, pandemic that we're going through. Um, they're not taking it serious at all until one of their loved ones or even themselves get sick. Um, I don't know, bro. We we've been on this for, like what a month. And I hate uh,
2: to continue. I hate to continue uh, the conversation. Uh, I really do. I'd like to really look forward to talking about any and everything else but it's it's always hitting home somewhere along the line you right know, uh rob I, I, if i'm not mistaken you you lost somebody not too long ago mm-hmm. you know
1: you already are with us our love and condolences go out to but at this point in the game, man, this is why I was saying um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't feel like everything was going to be back open by, you know what I'm saying, May 5th. You should because be. Because at the end of the day, they trying to sneak and open stuff back up. now. Nah. what's today's date? The 20th? Yep. The 20th, 19th, nah. So, May 5th is uh, technically should be around the corner. Now, if everybody would have probably chilled out, you know what I'm saying, sit their ass down if it wasn't nothing important, and that's the problem, man. It's not the fact that people, you know what I'm saying, is not doing nothing, man. Because think about it. Life got to go. People got to go to gas stations and get gas and food and, you know what I mean? Things of those, you know what I'm saying? Right. Nature's right. You might even have a loved one you might got to take care of or go see or, you know, right. things happen. Not just, you know what I'm saying, quote, unquote, essential workers, but life itself have to continue. Yeah. And definitely yeah. if it's ain't on, you know what I'm saying, nigga, you better stay at home type shit, or we go shoot and kill you or no martial law type, you know what I'm saying, effects that's going on nationwide. But the problem comes in that people want to just flat out hang. People want to chill. People want to, it's human nature to try to, you know what I'm saying, mingle. So I get that, you know, but I don't know, man. I don't know. The biggest thing you can do in some (laughs) words, you know what I'm saying, just, Watched everything going rap now, you know. what I mean, I was seeing something earlier that they were saying that China started to receive more cases again. I don't know if that was true yet. I'm gonna do a little bit more research, but from what I seen, a couple people had shared on one of my um, social media pages that China was starting to, you know, what I'm saying the numbers were starting to pick back up, and they down there was they down there was done. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, you never know. Like I said, I don't know where that came from. I don't want to be the 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 guy to knock anybody's beliefs on where they think it came from, long as it's logical, you know what I mean? But at this point, we need deep in it, you know, and like I'm telling everybody yet again, man, you know what I'm saying, I love y'all, be safe, and you know what I'm saying, continue to try to take the, you know what I'm saying, the precautions to not, you know what I'm saying, get it yourself. But at this right. point, man, you know, we got to weigh it out. Dog. Unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of more people was going to pass away. As fucked right. up as sound, well, man, but it's unfortunate. You know? Exactly. Like I
0: feel is that I'm a very outgoing person. I like to go outside and mingle with people, but at the same time, I know how to be more responsible. I know how, if they say like, this, this disease can kill your ass, it's airborne, this and that. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm staying in the house unless I need to go somewhere. Then I'm gonna stay my ass in the house. Uh, I'm not in a rush for. I'm not really in the rush to for them to open back, open the, the uh, country back up. Just let this ride this shit out till you know we all our cases get down, get lower, and we just go going from there. Would a the, uh, comedy go go speed back up fast? No, I don't think so, but. At the same time, you take extra precautions
1: and stuff like that. Right. You know what I don't like, though, that I, I've been seeing, you know what I'm saying? The motherfuckers trying to scam doing all this. You feel me? Like, i seen something, man. I, I damn near wanted to throw up, dog. A motherfucking minister or something somewhere, dog, was basically telling people to take their $1,200 and donate it yeah. to the church Like, I mean, at some at some point, dog, And not just the minister, I was seeing that people was motherfucking sneaking and hurrying up and buying them all the Lysol's for $10, $12 or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And trying to resell them in bundles on Amazon for $50 and $60. Like, this is the wrong time to continue the scams and the bullshit. And it's Mm -hmm. people out here don't even know how they go pay their rent, man. A lot of places, like I said, I'm, I, it seemed like I said this or I'm saying this every episode. A lot of people are out of work. A, unemployment is backed up. No DTE, none of these motherfucking water motherfucking companies nationwide. No gas companies nationwide. No landlord na- nationwide. Dog. I said that, you know what, since all this is going on, mm-hmm. y'all don't have to pay us these bills and this rent. Etc., 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 next month, figure it out and we just go put it on. But have, have you heard any of that? Nope. And for people to be, but then again, it's human nature, dog. You know, ain't no way in the world you go tell somebody they got to take, they go, this $1,200 is probably motherfucker, what they really do need. Now, granted, it right. might just be a boost to other people, it might just be extra money to other people, it might just be. Damn, you know, now I can finally, you know, trying to get my car fixed money or whatever. Who knows? Everybody's life is different. But I'm not about go. to tell you to donate the whole $1,200 to the fucking church. Like, man, nah. stop it, dog. Stop it. Stop. No, stop it, man. You can be, you can, you can have uh, fucking some form of decency to not even do that. You going up to these stores and buying up all the Lysol, buying up all the sanitizer, buying up all the alcohol, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And trying to sell motherfuckers $60 bundles? Even if you're still trying to sell bundles, cool, man. I can't knock the hustle. But 60 and $70, man.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: The bro. Fuck on, man. And like, that's one thing that I'm seeing. They're trying to get off, bro. bro. That's one thing that I'm seeing, bro. And it's dis- I mean, very, very disgusting. And I don't even really know what else to say. But, you know, it's typical. You know what I'm saying? People love to make a, a a dollar off other people's panic, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole logic of you know I'm saying? capitalism. America was built on capitalism. You know, we always gonna make a dollar out of your panic. No matter mm-hmm. what it be. Remember 9-11? Oh, yeah. On, we gonna make a dollar out of your panic on any and every little thing. You know what I mean? And it's sad, bro. Yeah, it is, love bro. It.
2: The other thing that caused me to feel because I agree with Rob, um, especially from the church aspect, it it irritates me when we, you know, we go to a church where that would never, ever, ever, ever in life happen. So it's kind of like, it's it's a huge black mark on those who really do serve the Lord and serve the community the way they're supposed to. Mm. Deal with things the way that they're supposed to um you know I've been calling people you know just here and there just to check on them make sure they're good and I called my cousin yesterday, and you know he he asked me my opinion on the situation and he he told me he was scared, and you know he's one of those people that you know he's not oblivious to life, but you know it's it's hard to scare him and so I told him you have to think about the difference between being paranoid and being prepared. You know, the ones that are paranoid and don't have the the common sense to, to calm down and think before they act, Mm -hmm. you know, you won't be around to continue to be paranoid because they will put you down. If it looks like you're going to be, the guy to start something that doesn't need to be started. With all this mess that's going on, you just out here, just you know, the guys just grabbing guns and just just strapping up. For, like nigga, this is airborne. What are you gonna do? You gonna shoot at the air? You gonna shoot at the wind?
1: And then see that goes back to my subject I was saying, man. Like it's human nature to panic, and it's human nature for people to try to make a bulk off your panic. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might realize what you're panicking from, basically. You feel me? Like what you just basically saying. As unfortunate as it sounds, man, that ain't going to stop. The more we hear about more and more people, aunties, uncles, and cousins, fathers, and mothers, and brothers and sisters dying, the more panic a lot of people is going to create. Or, or, cause you know, what I'm saying the consumption of fear, as messed up as as going to happen,
2: you know. I went to the store today to go get some stuff, and I shop the way that I've always been shopping. I'm, I'm not doing all that unnecessary stuff, cause me, like you know, we talked about what we, what we know about disinfecting. You know what I'm saying? I went to go get the certain stuff that my wife definitely was looking for. And I just, I just happened to find it. I wasn't going out of my mind, man, I gotta, I gotta find this stuff. I, gotta, I wasn't doing all that. I'm not going through all that. If it's not there, it's not there. This disinfecting these, these hand sanitizers, all that stuff. That, that It's no guarantee that it's going to, it's going to keep you from dying just like when you when you put bleach in your water for your whites ain't no guarantee that it is going to get every stain it, it's it's just no guarantee so with, with knowing that you can only do the best you can do and 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 hope for the best and pray for the best you can't pray and worry you can't keep on doing all that extra stuff just because you you know like like rob said i understand it's human nature but at the same time it's like bro at at some point You got to go. Wasn't I in jeopardy of dying before this?
1: Nope. Because our minds, when I say "our," I'm not talking about us in particular. I'm just saying people, period. Our minds don't ever think about certain things until it's brought to our attention. I might not even think, like, for instance, this is why a lot of kids and babies don't even feel danger. Because they don't know it. They don't know what death is. They don't know what danger is. You know what I mean? The older right. you get, the more you learn about certain dangers, and the more paranoid you get. You feel me? So the more I start knowing, think about this: the coronavirus been going on fam for about a year now in small cases overseas. You see what I'm saying? Within the last what was it December, CJ? It was either November or December. November. It started. <laughs> yeah, November it started spreading throughout Europe, bigger and bigger and bigger. We still ignoring it. It's still, it's going on, I'm not paying it no attention. Why? Because it don't feel like it's about to affect me personally. We always hear about these, you know what I'm saying, diseases and these, you know what I'm saying, viruses every three to four years for whatever magical reason they pop up. You know what I mean? That's neither here nor there. But soon as it feels like it's a threat to you, period, then that's when people get concerned. Right, You got Obama in the White House 12 years ago, or however many years ago that was, and white people feel threatened. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Without no reason. They just felt threatened. Oh, shit, a black guy? Whoa! You see what I'm saying? And it's just always going to be that with certain things in human nature, dog. You know, yeah, you was technically could have died for anything. Like I said, I could have passed away four five years ago. You see what I'm saying? A, 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 what, 10 times? since What, i say from 2015 to now, nah, I could have been dead 10 times. No fabricasting, no line, no pump faking. No, you know what I'm saying? No cap, dog. Like, real shit. And I'm not saying that to brag or nothing, nothing like that, dog. But, like, life happens. Life will throw you lemons real fast. Sometimes yeah. sound, it's a lamb, man. Sometimes you got to die. For whatever reasons, dog, you don't question God, you don't question the Most High for those who believe. You feel me? So you just never know. You never know, man, death is around the corner, bro. But mm-hmm. people don't think that, people don't feel like death is around the corner until they recognize, like, oh shit, I can be affected by this. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Bye. if somebody popular uh, dog within, you know what I'm saying, pop culture was to get this virus and pass away, a whole bigger percentage of America take the shit more serious. I mean, good thing nobody has, you know, what I'm saying I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying so far nobody has. But it'd be somebody that if somebody that everybody loves, respect, like, follow on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever, and they was to get this virus that came out of who knows and pass away from this dog. A good percentage of this nation is man, at least seventy percent of everybody who out there shucking and jiving and acting stupid and, and uh, white people, black people, Puerto Rican—it don't matter. You know what I mean? Right. They start taking this more serious, bro, because they yeah, feel like joking. oh shit, nah, it's affecting me personally. Somebody that I like personally then passed away from this shit. As fucked yeah, up. as crazy. This about to sound, bro. A lot of these people will see their family members get this shit and pass away and wouldn't even too much care. They'll start making excuses. Well, my, my granddaddy got it, but he was already 80, though, and he could have lived to be 100.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, then yeah. my, my auntie had it, but she already had cancer, and she could have still lived another 20, 30 more years. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I'm not gonna say I know personally, but I've seen it and I've read some of the comments, you see what I'm saying, throughout social media, period. And a lot of people mm. feel that way. And it's unfortunate, you know what I mean? But I don't know, it's depressing. I'm getting sad. I don't keep dwelling on it, fam. I
0: know, man. I'm a, um, Let's go on to next, another subject.
1: Um... It's the subject I wanted to talk to you about personally, though, CJ. Okay. Your top ten <laughs> albums locally list.
0: Oh, me? Okay. Yeah,
1: you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So for the people, so for the people that's you know outside Detroit, this is our top ten. This well, this is my top ten uh, Detroit uh, albums. This is not in no particular order. Uh, let's see, Jay Dilla. Both Jay Dilla's albums, uh, Donuts and Welcome to Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um KDZ, Stuck in My Ways. Okay. I got, oh yeah, I got two Street Lords albums, which is Rollies on TikTok and Platinum Masterpiece. Okay. Um, I got Street Lord Wine, The Real Me. B- the Real, the Real B- Me. B- mm. You
1: Lord status on there? Huh? You didn't put Lord status on there? I did not. Okay.
0: But that's another that's another Detroit legendary uh, album too. Um, everybody clown me on this one, but whatever. Um, Tone Tone School's of session.
1: Now, what Tone Tone album was that? Was that the first?
0: That's the very very first one. Okay. I liked it personally.
1: Okay. Brandon gave me that, I look. Don't you think that I nigga heard. look.
2: I don't fuck with that nigga. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a personal opinion but i'm gonna move on to my the last one It was um boy cash out do boys cash out um what's this chances made champions chances made champions? Mm-hmm. Right, that's my ten that's my ten
1: well um yeah you did have like little iffy picks you know what I mean but everybody gonna have iffy picks you know I posted my 10 I think right after I'll see it a lot of people. Like, I always got to put a disclaimer every time I do something like that, man, because I listen to a lot of music. I'm a hip-hop head. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you might be in my top 10 this year, and sometimes you might fall into my top five. Or sometimes you might fall off the 10. It depends on who I'm listening to. It depends on if I start seeing certain flaws or certain cadences, or if I start liking something a little bit more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I had Ron's lower status, I had that in my top ten dog, uh, for at least the last, I can't even tell you, at least the last decade. You know what I mean? Right. But I haven't listened to it in a whole in years. The other albums that I'm about to name, I started listening to it more, so by default, wine fell down. You see where I'm coming from? Right. Not saying it was a, a weaker album or, or nothing like that. It's just, you know, I ain't listened to it in a while. And these are the ones that I listened to. I named Rock Bottom, Alligator City. Clear Soul Forces Fab Five, Slum Village, Fantastic Part Two.
0: I had them. I had them on my uh, top ten. I'm like, nah, they kind of uh...
1: stretch money. It takes money to make money. That's on my top Blade ten. Ice, Blade Ice Wood, Blood, Sweat and Tears, Dope top Boy Cash Out. I used another Dope Boy album. I, I did the uh, No Deal on Chill album though. Okay. I put Ill Zai Illmatic. Slum Village, Detroit, Delhi, Rock Bottom. Who is Rock Bottom? And low key, I know I got a lot of slack for this dog, but I've been listening to I, I re. Well, I want to say like the last year and a half, dog. I've been going back listening to this project a whole lot, and it's very, very underrated, dog. And that's Ice World Vezo Clarity Part Two. I got that on my top fifteen too, and that it slid down into my ten. It might not stay into my ten. But, like, of, of to, as of today, it's in my 10, you know what I mean? And in my opinion, it's a classic album. I know a lot of people try to Baz Bezo. You know, he don't seem like, in my opinion, because I listen to a lot of, you know what I'm saying, quote-unquote lyricists and shit like that, people will feel like, damn, why I got the Dope Boys or, or Bezo in my top 10 type shit. But me, I got a, I feel like I got a universal ear. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I can bump... Commons resurrection album along with the Migos album. You see what I'm saying? Like, I I know the different cadences of what I'm supposed to, you know what I'm saying, appreciate and respect from different MCs, slash rappers, slash artists. Everybody ain't meant to give me the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some people, you got universal niggas like Jay Z who give you a little bit of everything. But then again, sometimes it don't sound right when you get a bigger Like For instance, the Wu-Tang, the early 2000s, the record labels was forcing even the lyrical rappers to have that one club banger. That one song they can play on 106 and Park. And as much as I love the Wu, everybody know I'm a, I'm a Wu disciple. I never really enjoyed them early singles like that because of that, it was it seemed forced. Like y'all really trying to force the, we, the Wu-Tang to be in a club, you know what I mean? Right. Like, come on, man, dog. like, yeah, that's what my the fuck you doing in the club, jizzle, dog? That don't even look right, man. Come on, man. Have you ever even walked in a club, bro? Like, no disrespect, but man, what the hell? You know what I mean? Right. Like, but, and that's know, my favorite rap group, too. All right, Brandon, would it be your top ten favorite albums here if you got any?
2: Uh, To be perfectly honest with you, I'm, I'm way different. Uh, We've had this conversation before. I got that. I got that ear, and so it, it bothers me to to hear the same beat every year with the, with a different artist. So, um, yeah, I hate that. Some, people, hate some that.
0: people, some
2: people, some people try to disguise it and say it's the Detroit sound, but it, it's, it's not. If you
1: paid, if you paid attention, I had a status about that on my. Um,
2: I did.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like a lot of people. My bad, I ain't trying to cut you off, but I agree. You good, good. A lot of people here. Well, matter of fact, I'm gonna let
2: you talk, and then we can get back to that. Cause no, I like, yeah, like I, I, So it's always, it's always put a bad taste in my mouth because out of respect for the fact of how much I love my city, I can't rock with you if, if if you're not gonna represent us the entire way. There, there's so many different ways that you can spit. There's so many different ways that you can kick it. So Slum Village, I don't have albums. I have people. Uh, I slum village all day jay dilla all day royce the Nine all day a lot of people don't rock all of a sudden with him or don't feel like he all the way there but eminem all day um i remember when stretch money first came out i there was nothing you could do i mean it it really do take money to make money and that w- that song resonated with me because wanting to be an artist the first thing that go through your mind is it's going to cost a lot of money to get started. And his mindset was basically a chance makes a champion. So shout out to him all day. Uh, shout out to my peers that I grew up with. Dave's loaf, uh, J Mar, Jay flow. Uh,
1: and, and, but I hate to cut you off, Brandon. So, Cause you're just naming a lot of rappers, and that's what. No, special. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm, 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 I'm only. Addicted. I'm only. I'm only at six. If you really, if you pay attention, I'm but only at six. You, you just naming rappers, so you ain't really. You ain't really got no ten. No, I don't have. I don't have a. I don't have a ten album. I got ten rappers all day. Well, you see, I'm just talking about albums, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, like, I can respect I don't that. Have <laughs> albums, homie. I don't have albums. I don't. Let, all right. Now, know, what I, I can do, like, can do is. Because I know a lot of different artists. Like I don't know if you ever heard of um, Chavis Chandler. I don't know if you ever heard of him, you know what I'm saying? Or my man's Dave. You know about Dave, lyrics, Don't you slash um, mm-hmm. Dave Coder? I do. I know him. Huh? And Jams. Now I don't know if um, Brandon up on a lot of these different MCs from the city, but I can text you some decent um quality yeah, albums. Yeah, man, for real. Because I'm just listening to the type of um MCs you basically like from this city. You know what i'm saying but a lot of the certain like for instance payroll right he got a couple pretty decent projects that really don't got that detroit sound that i don't know if you ever heard you see what i'm saying
0: he's versatile Uh that's what i like about payroll he's versatile in in his sound
1: so it's a lot of them kind of versatile. A lot of them do got that Detroit cadence, man. It's like I've been having this, um, like, to piggyback off what Brandon was saying. But what I could, I'm i going to text you that, though, Brandon. And if you want to, man, check them out, dog. A lot of these people is really dope, man. And I feel okay. like you will really probably like them. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: And to piggyback off what you were saying, bro, I totally 100% agree. I had a status. I usually make the status about once a year. And I made it about, what was it, like three or four days ago, basically pointing out, man, like anywhere that ever had, like, a musical run, rather even if it was just R&B, rather if it was R&B or hip-hop, there was mm-hmm. always uh, uh, at least three different sounds that came from there. Like, for instance, a lot of people feel like, oh, man, the West came because of just purely Dr. Dre, but that's a lot. You know, 187 of them, you know what I'm saying, goddamn Battle Cat. DJ Quick, it was a whole lot of motherfucking writers and producers that created that West sound. Like every rapper who was coming from the West Coast didn't look and sound like Snoop Dogg. And they mm-hmm. beats didn't sound like, even if it was Dr. Dre, it didn't sound like a Dr. Dre beat or an imitated Dr. Dre beat.
2: You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying?
1: Like E-40 don't sound shit like no goddamn Snoop Dogg or look like him or nothing, or a Spice One, or you know what I mean, Too, too Short. Like, come on, man, let's keep this shit real. I'm talking about when they had they run, though. You Mm -hmm. feel me? Look at Atlanta. Jermaine Dupri, Little John, Organized Noise. Jazzy Faye. Jazzy Faye, Zaytoven. All these producers created different sounds and had different artists. And, And what happened? Atlanta has been running, or if not running, been very, very holding on to a decent spot in music since. Mm, yeah. So I said, look at New York. The same thing with New York. Watching that DJ Premier battle with Riza, it really showed me that these two were similar, but way different. Riza don't sound shit like Premier. Mm-mm. On the mm. flip side, he don't look like he don't sound like Swiss beats either. Who don't sound like you see what I'm saying? But it's like for would be Detroit. If it's not hell of a, it's a beat that's sort that that down there sounds similar to a hell of a beat. You know what I'm right. saying? No disrespect to hell of a dog. I salute dude. I know you know what I'm saying? It's a long way coming. He's been doing beats for almost probably 30 years. No disrespect to do a lot of stretch money. You know what I'm saying? It takes money to make money. A hell of a produce that whole album even though the beats then don't sound like his style now but it just mm-hmm. seemed like he created a style now that worked for him that everybody want to emulate. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you don't got that the, the, That pattern or that flow Or that look And that cadence You not motherfucking supported You know what I'm saying On the mainstream or popularity wise here And I just don't get man. it mm-hmm. I just don't get it man And it seems like the more artists start to improve Or the more artists like shy away from the Detroit sound The more the city stops supporting them 100% Like Danny Brown Oh example
2: Prime Big example Big example, Big example.
1: Because he's like an alternative rapper, right?
0: And I want to look at Detroit, it like that. Detroit have like a funny style. Well, most Detroiters, they have like a funny style way of like how they support their music. So like, if you're not like, if you're not a rapper that basically talk about you know, drugs and shit like that, drugs, shooting and all that other shit, they ain't gonna really fuck with you like that.
1: And then I can't even really, I mean, I can't say that because that's right. But you got to still be trendy with it. Like, for instance, Stretch Money always rapped about the streets. You
2: see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He
1: was always more of a half knot than a big, big baller, though. But for mm-hmm. the most part, his subject matter was always about the streets. Mm-hmm. Since he actually got some form of a talent, actually putting, you know what I'm saying, respect to his pen and actually working on his craft and shit like that, the nigga mm-hmm. not respected for some strange reason. And he alleged him. You know, recently, I don't know if y'all saw Lando Bando, him and um, Stretch Money got a little, you know, a little back and forth going on right now. And I feel like, damn, that's kind of that's kind of sad that Stretch got to go through all that, man. Basically saying he was a one-hit wonder. When hey, you look is know on a,
0: on a, a group or some shit? Like a big-ass group? Nah,
1: uh, man, he like, a, um he got a little platform like, basically where he interviewed artists and things like that. That's kind of trendy in the city right now. He oh, the same I, never, guy who, um, I never heard
0: of him before, so I ain't, I ain't
1: know. Yeah, he, like, trendy, you feel me? So if mm. you ain't trying to keep up with that trend, you ain't. You, it's easy to miss. You know, he the same guy who was with um, Rocky Bad when she had her altercation about a year and a half ago. Okay. You know, but, like, long story short, man, I don't like it because he basically saying Stretch only had one hit. But if you pay attention to the city, dog, within the last 10 years, how many different rappers actually had more than one legit hit? Mm. Exactly. It's always on to the next one. It don't matter how talented you is. You on is on to the next one. No disrespect to Peasy, cause out that before he went to jail, he became one of my favorite local rappers here because he started putting in the work, and I started hearing the growth in his music. But like his main yeah. hit was um, Oh La La. He even admitted it. Like man, my only hit was Oh La La in the city. You see what I'm saying? Bro,
0: speaking of Peasy, bro, I got a story to tell about him because we went to we grew up together. We grew up in the same neighborhood with the same middle school together, Columbus Middle and School. If
1: it's, if, it is, if it's incriminating dog, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to want you to speak on it, bro. I wasn't here. I didn't hear shit. I don't know nothing. I'm just like, right? I,
0: was, I was just saying, like he was always a funny ass dude, but he was always it was like he was one of the real, realest guys I know, man. But I won't say nothing bad, but he was a funny-ass nigga. That was, that's all that's I was going to say. He was a funny-ass
2: motherfucker, dog. Uh, I remember Stretch Money coming to the school trying to promote, but uh, they take money to make money, and uh, I just respected the fact that it was something different. that He had the nerve to, 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 to switch it up, you know, especially using the Frankie Beverly Maze beat the way he did, and it was you know, so my man's that he beefing with, or that he going back and forth with, I've never heard of, him, of course, but you know, I will say this to to um, stretch money's credit that one hit had been knocking has is still to this day one of the top hustlers anthems of Detroit. Period. Yes.
1: I'm gonna say to be real with you, the top. It's probably debatable the top, one of the top three local al- anthems that Detroit probably got, you know. If you want to say, boss up and get this money. No, not even boss up and get to money. Um, come roll with me by bloody Icewood. Mm-hmm. Stretch money, it takes money to make money. And then the other one starts to become subjective. Like, you might just want to say KDZ in my hood. Mm-hmm. Some people might want to say rock bottom, Um, oh no. You know what I mean? Oh, boy. Everything else. Yeah, old oh, boy. You feel me?
2: Well, I'm a cheddar boy, baby. That's for sure.
1: It started becoming a subjective, man. So I don't like it. You know what I mean? Me personally, dog. You know what I mean? I feel like the city got a lot of talent. I'm waiting on some producers to come up just with a different sound, like Brandon was saying, which I agree, you know what I mean? And you could be a street rapper. It's not even the fact that you're a street rapper, dog, because, like, shout-out to Bodie James. You feel me? And so far, man, he's been having a good-ass run here, dog. I take my hat off to him, dog. Salute to that boy, man. And it's like, um, right now, currently, he's he signed to Griselda. He is a street rapper, but he more... He more on a boom-bap type sound, but we got different sounds. Like, if we go support Griselda, let's support Bodie James. Let's support Ty Fierce and all the other local artists that we got here that basically got sort of kind of a similar little sound. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One thing I hated about here, bro, like in the early 2010s, a lot of people here hated Big Sean. But then they had turned around and bumped Kendrick Lamar bump bumped Drake. Man, so. so it's not the fact you don't like that type of music, you just don't like the fact that a nigga from here is representing that type of music.
2: And see, that's so, the, that's of- that's the
1: part, <laughs> part that I'm
2: always irritated with is that you got the nerve to spit something different or be different on a different beat, and, and you got the nerve to actually be witty or, or lyrical, whatever the case may be, and you not, I'm okay. not with the
1: then it's not respected, <laughs> and I don't. I, I don't. But then your favorite rappers is Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. No, I, don't, I don't understand that. You love like Drake. Wouldn't. You didn't want to support Big Sean off real. Bro, loved, it's funny. I love these niggas, though, dog. You see what I'm saying? They just don't want to. They lame. Dog. I just got to call a, a, a spade a spade. I can't get mad at a nigga who don't like For instance, I can't because I personally body or something like that. Assume or get mad at you if you don't You feel me? You got the right to Like who you do and who you don't You know what I mean? But a lot Of these niggas don't even know who they like Bro, cause they own to the next one In a year and a half You only got a year and a half to be hot in this city Dog, then you own to the next one Then you play it out, then you Ah, you still listening to this You feel me? No matter <laughs> What your craft or not No matter if you dropping something better, Production Bars, cadence, street shit, lyrical street, commercial shit. It don't matter. You could be dropping some of the best shit here, man. If you not hot, indeed, it's a wrap. And I that shit here, man. I hate it. You down there got to start popping somewhere else before you start popping shit. And you hear that uh, a lot. Of, a
2: lot of Detroit rappers end up leaving, going to different spots, starting up in different, in a whole different state, and doing well. And then you find out through their bio that they from here. You like, nigga, what? Yeah, and it's it was- like, it's like, what, what you, what you gonna do except go, damn? Wonder why they don't talk about the city like they could, but because they, I feel a good amount of it is because they feel like they betrayed place that got me to the place that I'm at, and I can't even remember. And the crazy thing, the people that
0: been like you know, moving out to the city, wherever, and doing their own things elsewhere is because they've been like they've been hustling here for years and years and years, and they don't get no love like they deserve. So they feel like they like, I'm like, okay, I'm going go to move to Atlanta, move to LA, it's like LA, and
1: Atlanta. And it's a it's a lane. It's a multi-million dollar lane for every type of music you want to make, whether if it's pop, techno, R&B, rap, conscious rap, book bag rap. Think about this: they didn't want to song Kanye West. Aim knew it was a lane for that song Kanye West, and that nigga has been one of the most top money-making artists since he has been signed. And I'm not talking about the production. You see what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's lane for everything. And I feel like a majority of the reasons to you know why I'm saying the city had this issue because a lot of media outlets that are shining everybody, like for mm-hmm. instance, you no know Bando, no not to him, but you damn near you know what type of motherfucking artist that's about to be on his platform. But that's one of the only platforms we got locally right now. That's quote unquote popping or trending some shit. I'm not gonna clear Soul's forces on his shit. A guilty citizen. Ego think they not popping, well, meanwhile they probably popping more than the popular nigga you like the most. But oh. since that on that nigga motherfucking making seem so fucking trendy, you go try to hop on that, right? It's sad, dog. I can look at a big boy in the morning, see he 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 interviewing the egos in Roy Stefan uh, in this one, in that at the motherfucking radio stations and DJs or. If it's not a certain motherfucker or a certain sound, they not, it's just a rap, man. Mm hmm. i about to take a shit. Yeah,
2: nigga, you smelly ass.
1: God, it stood up. Your your stomach hurt, motherfucker.
2: Both of y'all niggas, man. I got to give my charge, your whole ass (laughs) nigga. Smelly ass.
1: What the hell you eating? Hot dogs and motherfucking macaroni and
2: cheese.
1: That's like, no. <laughs> <it's true. laughs> <This is special. laughs> but what's been going on, CJ? Man, I don't want to stay on the local music strip. I just wanted to get the.
0: uh me. Shit. Um, just trying. I'm trying to do some uh yard work around the house. Trying to do some shit here and there for the house, or whatever. Um, uh, trying to keep myself busy. It's been, my, my mom be going like 1,000 miles per hour since this quarantine started. Man. Uh, try to keep my mind occupied. That's all. Trying to take care of the other ones. Okay. How about okay. you?
1: Hey, man, trying to stay out the possible, dog. A lot of motherfucking drama coming my ways, man, from left on uh, you know the I mean? far. I don't really want to discuss it, you know what I mean? trying my best to stay positive dog, out the fucking way. Like I said, I'm really, like, it's May, April, June. I was already going on already pre that I was going to have to do medical. You know what I'm saying? Right. On top of this, uh, it's like a lot to worry about. You see what I'm saying? Like, this one is like one of my only three months. And then everything starts back up next. And then, um, you feel me for my life? Last final student. I mean, because I'm, I'm gonna have to get surgery again. Oh, that's
2: you still surgery, bro. You know what I'm
1: saying. And you gotta wow, like, yeah. you gotta prepare for surgery. Like sometimes they want you at a certain age before they cut you off. Sometimes diet before they cut you open. Like it's a lot like too. Where am coming yeah, you from. Mm-hmm. So on top of this. This is what I've been really doing, man. Talking to my nurse every other week. She making sure I ain't leaving the house really. You feel me? Music, bro. A lot of music, man. You know what I mean? I've been I ain't gonna hold you up. I've been on bullshit. Well, like completing songs, but I'm starting to complete them. happy. Like sometimes I start on stop at bars Or start a song, stop at seven bars, something, you know what I mean? And move to the next um, one. Okay. Yeah. Of- I've
0: been doing a lot of um I got my love back into um script writing. Um I haven't did that in like a couple of years
1: and I'm
0: go-
1: this ain't gonna never work on um scripts we supposed been doing way back in twenty
0: twenty. And we go get it together, bro. I'm telling you, I promise that, bro. <laughs> oh man. On the road like folks scripts
1: already, dog. Shit, man. Keep up. Hey
0: bro, and like two of my co-workers, uh, it's another one of my co-workers. She said she go she can hop in on like one of our skits and shit like that, or shows, whatever you gonna do, whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay, um, cool.
1: Right, right. And I know you was watching the documentary, the one that's the Michael Jordan.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I didn't get a chance to watch. I watched like um what twenty minutes, and you said you you caught a couple minutes of it too, right, Brandon?
2: Yeah, I caught about thirty minutes of the second episode.
1: Okay. Well, we don't have to really too much discuss it. I mean. This episode, when we come back, we could probably be like, well, a couple episodes in and see, you know, what I mean, a better, a better vibe. But you, we were talking about something before we came online, basically. Um, what wins titles? Is it the players or is you know, the organ? Is well, what was the organization, the front office mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: feel like is responsible for winning titles?
0: I say it's the um, I think it's the. Both of the roles, like the organizations and the players, only because um, the players. I mean, of course, the the organizations they facilitate the players into like, uh, okay, I'm like, okay, we should have we go build this type of player. We go have a, this type of coach run the uh, the playing scheme and everything like that, and then we go trying to see we go put all the pieces together to trying to make a championship run. Mm-hmm. Um. As far as the players, their role is, you know, go to a couple of practices every day, work out, um, perform each and every game, um, and then try and do the same thing tomorrow. Um, so I think it's both of the roles. As long as they come in, like, one in the court, that should be fine. Um, but I think it's more so the players that brings, like, all the success towards the franchise. Prime example, the Warriors. Um, of course, the Warriors, they did a great job in, like, um, drafting their players and also doing well in free agency because they drafted Steph Curry, huh?
1: Only free agent ever signed was just KD. Yeah. And if you want to say David, uh, but they want to say like
0: uh, David West, they they picked up David West. Uh, Andre Iguodala.
1: Well, they was already like reduced to role players at that point, right? But I'm saying, a, I take if, that back, David West was
0: right. Um, they did a really, really good job in like um, Japanese players, well, because they had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green. Um, you want to throw in Harrison Barnes because he did pretty good with those three four years he was with them. Um and then, of course, with the free agency signings of Andre Iguodala, KD, um, they did a very good job. Um, it also shows like how to successfully um, build a team from the ground up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause they was like, cause remember, like even before, like when Steph Curry came in, for as far as like the Golden State Warriors, they had what Baron Davis, Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes. This like what two thousand eight, two thousand nine.
1: Yeah, like the um, 07, 08, 09 little Golden State. Man, yeah, but then man. after that, man, they man.
0: trade all the players, and then they started to get – they started to become, like, trash. Even though they had, like, Monte Ellis or whatever like that.
2: Um, Huh? That nigga was bad, huh? nigga was bad bro. That, bro. That was back when him and Steph Curry wasn't even getting the, res- the love or respect they were supposed to get. They were so underrated together. And they separated them, and I thought that was one of the dumbest moves ever.
0: And that was so dumb, man. Them two
2: together was just like. Because for when I'm
1: here, like, um, as a fan, we seeing this, but for when I heard like behind the scenes, Monte was having a problem with playing with Steph. So if it, it, it seems like Golden State basically chose Steph Curry over Monte Ellis, Steph Curry then became a superstar. Since then, Monte' career kind of like,
2: oh. sunk down. Also, at least the popularity part of it.
1: And also, like,
0: um, because you know, Steph Curry, he was like a more of a shooting point guard, somewhat. And Monte Ellis, he was a, um, he was a shooting guard. He was technically a shooting guard, but he was still was like moving the ball up the court
1: like a point guard.
2: He definitely had better point guard status than Steph Curry all day.
1: Um, Golden State Sauce. Yeah. It could have been work ethic. Like, you know, I was talking to my cousin the other day about certain players' work ethics. A lot of people don't, like, pay attention to certain things. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. T-Mac and Vince Carter, right? I feel like they should have played at least another two years together. Now, granted, they probably would have never won nothing, but they both lacked what the other person had. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, T-Mac, Didn't really take care of his body, really, like that. You know what I'm saying? He was kind of reckless. You know what I mean? I used to watch early T-Mac back in the day in high school, like in O2 and shit like that. And used to, like, damn, T-Mac, chill out, bro. Like, the way your body tweaking and the way you trying to get to the line, ugly. Definitely since you already He was skinny as hell, too, bro. He was big as hell. So, it's like, it's looking funny. Like, bro, you falling down awkward, man. Like, chill out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, take care of your body a little bit. Like, Vince Carter took care of his body. Now, look, he in season 22. No real main injuries like that. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then on the flip side, T-Max worked after, as far as becoming a better overall basketball player was a little bit more than Vince was, right? Mm-hmm. Vince had positioning, but Vince used to lack on defense. Bro, I know you remember them days, um, CJ, bro. Mm-hmm. He used to just stand there and just wait on the opportunity to see if he can get to the motherfucking line or – See if he can get the dunk off, man. And I used to hate that about Vince because he had the perfect body size, right? 6'6", six, six, athleticism, muscles, even had the ball head. I'm like, oh, shit, we got Manny Jordan back. You know what I mean? Maybe even better. But that right. used to be lazy, man. It used to piss me off, dog. Like, Vince, man, come on. You can't get the dunk, bro. What are you doing? Go get in the post. He refused to get a post game for the longest. It was crazy, you know. And he so, had a
0: strength for it too, and he had the strength to do that too.
1: Perfect size, bro. He, he, got got the, perfect he perfect could do that
0: post up guard because he could. If he would have added um, the guard post up uh, game, oh man, he would have been. It would have been over with. Mm-hmm. But he
1: want to off and motherfucker do some crazy shit at the rim. Oh man, dog. But, um, who do you think, dog? Man, back to like the subject. Who win the titles, dog? Is it the players or is it the front office?
2: It's supposed to be both. It's supposed to be a team effort. I'm supposed to be able to trust you in the front office to trust me to be able to do the very best that I can to bring a championship to the game. But unfortunately, when they pick players, and this is not every organization, but it's a good amount of them, when they pick players, they pick them already knowing how far they're going to allow them to go. Hmm. So, it's like the Jeremy Lin situation.
1: <laughs> ah, Lin sanity, Doug. I honestly, <laughs> that nigga I honestly believe. I believe,
2: I honestly believe player, bro. Don't lie,
1: CJ. I that honestly was your believe.
2: Player, bro. That, that was not that my favorite situation. player.
1: Bro. Look, look, look.
0: Okay, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. I was rooting from him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was your favorite player, man. Stop, dog. <laughs> that was I was rooting for him though,
2: but no, like I I feel like I feel like for him, that was one of the situations where I said earlier that now players take more initiative than they ever did to tell the front office in so many ways. You ain't gonna get rid of me like that.
0: I mean, look,
2: I've worked hard enough. And it, it, whether I'm on the bench or off the bench, I worked hard enough to be able to stay here long enough to be able to become something. And he right. just, he went off that entire night. And and I think a couple games after the fact, he just went off. And he wasn't taking no for an answer. It was almost to the point to where he was telling his teammates, give me the ball. I may not be here tomorrow. So you might as well just give me the ball. You're not going to really lose nothing if you do or if you don't and that's what he did and he took advantage of his destiny. So personally, I think it's the players that win the championships because at the end of the day, these these front offices, they look at you and they say, "Okay, he could be something, but I'm not sure. So just for just in case purposes, let's keep him on the back end." Then they'll have players that are extremely good and will never play them because they feel like he could become too good and then he could get the mindset that he's too good for us. And then we can't have him do that because if that's the case. then another team can pick him up with knowing that and make him a front person. And then he'd be a problem. So if we keep him on the bench, nobody can know his talents. And as long as we keep his, his pockets full, what is he to say about that? You know, my wife makes the, makes the uh, comment all the time. She don't believe that bench players deserve, Rings because nigga, what did you do?
1: It's levels, right? Because sometimes a bench player be helping with like the condition of your start in practice. You know what I'm saying? Mm Like that, dog. So it's kind of levels.
2: Yeah, but it's the players for me, especially more now than ever because now organizations are are more at least the new league owners are more built on the mindset of I can't do this without you. and You can't do this without me versus old ones are just, I'm the one paying you so either do what you told or go.
0: So everybody, so everybody in the job has a role. So with the organization, their role is to develop their players, draft players, make sure they're happy, et cetera, et cetera. Now with the players, what they got to do is like trying to keep the, the chemistry going like if it's like a new player coming in I, like okay we go trying to build like a team chemistry with him like we go out to eat we can like um practice together we could practice at his house whatever whatever the case may be trying to build that relationship with each other so y'all can get familiar with each other game and what style y'all like to play so y'all get so when, it, when it's game time then y'all be able to like put the pieces together to like
2: to the Drew League because the Drew League does exactly that. These cats play basketball. That's
0: my favorite league, bro. bro. Other than that, play
2: basketball together and they not even on the same team. And the mindset is, I saw what you was trying to do last season. Let me see if we can develop that. Let me see if I can help you with that. And then it's just genuine fun of going back to the playground on it. Like this ain't this ain't NBA. I'm really going to dribble as much as I want to. I'm really going to shoot the way that I like to shoot. I'm going to do me all the way this time. It's not a lot of players that do that anymore on and off the court. And so shout out to the Drew League because the Drew League honestly makes that player a better player when they come back to the NBA. There's a certain strength. There's a certain mindset. There's a certain basketball IQ that wasn't there last year that is there this year. And, you know, it's a pro and a con to it because there are some players who actually take it too far and they never get back to the role that they need to stick to just as well as, you know, becoming better. And and they can't focus like they want to on on the court as far as how they need to for their team. But other than that, you know, they didn't do that back in the day. You know, they played golf together. And <laughs> niggas went out to dinner and, and all that extra stuff. But nowadays it's, all right, because, you know, we got the Drew League coming up after all this. We got we got some working out to do. So, it's you know, it's, it's overly working on your craft than what it was. So that uh, Once again, that's why I say um, it should be both because everybody got a role and everybody should be able to work as a team in that role. So that way you can make it a better team for, you know, the mindset that you want to make. It doesn't always have to be about championship status because if we're going back to the Warriors, the Warriors, Mark Jackson made it about understanding that no matter what happens, you're going to need this person. You don't think you're going to need this person, but you're going to need this person. And if it wasn't for Mark Jackson, I don't care what anybody says, if it wasn't for Mark Jackson, the Warriors would not have become the type of team that they are and were to have won those championships because the the That's team awesome. dynamic that they have and still have, hopefully, came from the methods that he put in place for them to understand that on and off the court, if you don't respect this man, you will not become the the team that you need to become. And it, it showed.
1: They had Mark Jackson, what, two
2: years? Three two years. And then after that, all of a sudden they started winning championships.
1: But look, say it like this, right, because I feel like it's levels, right? I feel like it's 30% ownership. I feel like it's 20% the coaching staff, and I feel like it's 50% the players. And I feel like that's how, you know what I'm saying, championships is made, right? Because Mm -hmm. we done seen, like, before I get to what I was saying, I'm going to piggyback off the Mark Jackson uh, comment. Because we only usually say that with Mark Jackson, but we've seen that happen with a couple of different organizations. Prime example, the Pistons. We had um, Rick Carlisle for about, like, the same amount of years that they had Mark Jackson. And Rick Carlisle came in here, and he installed a winning, you know what I'm saying, personality. We started making it to the playoffs and things like that, but we wasn't getting far. But the year before we got rid of Rick Carlisle, we had finally made it to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. In 2003, that was our first time making it there since 1991 when Jordan beat us. So I feel like that was a very, very accomplishment. But we wound up getting rid of him. Larry Brown came in, and like the rest was history. You know what I'm saying? We had opportunity to win two, but we won one. Mm-hmm. And yes, I can say it was you know what I'm saying Mark Jackson to a degree, but Steve Kerr came in with something that Mark Jackson was missing. Yeah. And whatever it was. It allowed them to be, you know what I'm saying, this dynasty that we're seeing now currently still, because we got to keep it real. They was injured this year, and the season was abruptly stopped. So, when – even if they rescheduled the season, cool. But next year, Doom Boys is coming back healthy. Now, they might not be, you know what I'm saying, what they was with KD, but we got to remember who they was prior to KD. They still was a 63-win team. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's 30% ownership because we see teams and franchises like the New York Knicks. And clearly, their owner don't know what the hell he wants. Clearly, it's all about a money grab. Clearly, he knows that Madison Square Garden, regardless if the Knicks win motherfucking five games or 50 games, is going to be filled to capacity. Or if not filled to capacity, damn near. They know Madison Square Garden because New York itself is a travel destination. Sometimes people just be in New York and motherfucker go and, and buy tickets to the game just because they was in New York. They wanted to go see the Knicks play. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They know they can – He know he makes a killing of motherfucking concession food and merchandise and, and, and hell, it's expensive. When we go to games and shit like that, it'd be $100 for a hoodie and a shirt and, and stupid goofy shit like that. Could you imagine how much it is in Madison Square Garden, one of the biggest sports arenas we got? Absolutely. So, he don't too much care about, you know what I'm saying, nothing like that. You look at the coaching staff right afterwards with the 20%, because sometimes you can have good owners, but if you got bad coaching, what good is it going to do? Some people suck as coaches, and they always get – prime example, and I hate to say this because we don't know what's going to happen with the NBA, but I'm just going to say it, dog. Houston is not about to win anything. They should – this should be Houston's year to get over this hump. They're not – for some strange reason, um, Mike Tony keep getting coaching jobs, bro, and it's crazy to me. You know, he keep trying to do the seven seconds or less style of play that he's been trying to force and trying to force and trying to force since 2005. It hasn't worked. A lot of people – Confuse his style of play with the Warriors' style of play, but it's, it's two totally different styles of plays. The Warriors mm-hmm. play team ball, they pass the ball, and they play defense. Mark, right. I mean, Mike Dantoni's styles was always one person dominant, Steve Nash, now currently, you know what I'm saying, James Harden, and trying to hurry up, either force the three point shot or the layup. And we've seen that this hasn't worked. It hasn't worked in the last three years, it hasn't worked in the last 15. You know, so you get coaches who don't want to adjust. Basically, some coaches adjust, right? And then you get Mike D'Antoni. He go in. It's gonna look pretty all throughout the season. It's gonna look pretty, but it's not gonna never get them over that hump when it's when the when the season slow down when the real season start in April, when it's time to slow down and the referees kind of tight on the whistles. Remember Harden was complaining about that last year. He just oh, wanted to yes. hear it. He just won't. He, if y'all was if y'all was calling it in the regular season, call it now. He just won a fair shot, and then Golden State goes on and still beat these niggas without KD. Nah, man. You know what I mean? So you know
2: what? I'm also inclined to believe that there are teams who want that kind of coach just to be just to be looked at as competitive. Like I, I just want them to know that we can. I don't want to win a championship. I want them to understand that it is a possibility. And I got to be honest with you, whoever you are, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, whatever you are, whatever seat. team you are, let me explain something to you. You are not doing your players any type of service whatsoever. Because Think after a while, after a while, if you a smart player in whatever sport you in, you have put your money to a, a an extent to where you don't have to worry about too much of nothing and but what look. you've got booked for is what you looking for and if you can't get that then you you gonna get you gonna catch some anarchy I'm not gonna go to no damn team if I'm a basketball player football whatever and I don't get no damn look, look,
1: look, look look mind you before I talked about mark I mean Mark um Tony, I talked about the Knicks right if you can remember Mark Mark Dantoni I mean I'm not Mark Dan I mean whoever is from Mike D'Antoni, he was with the Knicks wasn't he yeah, he was, and he was horrible then. Yeah. But and the is like a franchise that likes that. They don't care about winning. They care about the oohs and the eyes and to continue to make this money. This is why Dan Tony was over there. But well, after they had, while... They
2: had Jackson for a minute as well.
1: And after, well, they got... You saw about Phil Jackson? They had him as a coordinator. And what happened to that? That,
2: as far as I'm concerned... It was just checks.
1: To be real with you, uh, some people is good at what they do and only what they do. Phil Jackson is probably the best coach of all time. But, like, far as a, you know what I'm saying, executive, he probably might not be a good front office man because he's still thinking in the eyes of the coach. You see what I'm saying? He's not really too much thinking in the eyes of the best organization or the players. He's still thinking in the eyes of a coach. Mm -hmm. So he's still going into it as a coach. Just like prime example, you got Magic Johnson He sucked as an executive. He's clearly one of the motherfucking top 10 players of all time. Look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Charlotte ain't won shit yet. You know, so sometimes just because I was good in one aspect in life, that don't mean. Or in Washington shit. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he the one who drafted Crome Brown. Always remember. Always remember. Michael Jordan was the one who drafted. Always remember, man. Because I'm never forgetting that. But um, then it's the players, right, the 50%. Because sometimes you will get some players who – you it's, it's three type of players, right? You got a player who is a natural born star. No matter what you do, he's just destined for greatness. You got the Michael Jordans of the world, the Kobe Bryants, the LeBron Jameses, the the Kevin Durants. The, you know what I mean? No matter what you do, they're just destined to be great. They're destined to be, no matter what team they own, who their teammates, whatever it is, they're going to win. They're going to – or if not win, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be averaging 25-plus points a game. They're going to be amazing. Nothing can really stop them. No organization, no no system, no nothing. They are their own entities. Then you got the certain type of players who got a chip on their shoulder, Right. And remember, Chauncey, remember the '04 4 Pistons, that whole roster was built on players with chips on their shoulders. You know, Chauncey Billis felt like he should have never been motherfucking um, traded as much. He was, like, on his 15 by the time we got him. And he was the third pick in the draft. You know, yep. Ben Wallace was underdrafted. He was always the underdog his whole career. Nobody wanted Rasheed Wallace. Like, I was bringing that up, man, in 2004 before we got him. Portland was shopping off Rasheed Wallace to every team. The only mm-hmm. team that bid was Atlanta. The Atlanta got rid of him for goddamn a, a pack of double mid gum. And we got him. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to give because he was deemed prob- problematic. You see what I'm saying? Same thing with motherfucker Tayshaun Prince. That's why he wore number 20 because he feel like he was the 21st or was the 22nd pick in the draft or something like that. 21 other players went before him. Yeah. he felt that like he should have went at least in the top 10. You know, so we have players with chips on their shoulders. And they're the type of players that you got to watch out for because they're the type of players who's going to bring that passion every night because it's not really natural born. It's not a LeBron James. It's not a Kobe Bryant. And even though Kobe Bryant got that Mamba mentality, you know what Kobe Bryant is about to bring you. I don't know what a Chauncey Billings is about to do in his 2004 finals.
2: Yeah. But right. we
1: saw didn't we? Yeah, we did. He had that chip on his shoulder. But then you got the players who only literally in it for the money. And they disguise themselves. They always do. Sometimes they will play good all the way up until that big contract year. They get that big contract, and then all of a sudden the stats dwindle. Call those booze. I, I mean, I can keep naming them, Tayshaun. There I can ways. keep naming them. Darren are Come on. Come on. Come on, talk, man, CJ. Talk. It's oh, it's, you know, but it's like players go always dictate, is, is we go really win this title? Is we mentally understand our roles? Like, look, I know what I can do personally, but I got to humble myself and realize Kobe Bryant is better. I'm not about to try to take this shot. I'm going to get this to Steph Curry. No, that's not my role to try to get down and get these last 10 points. I'm going to throw that to LeBron so he can figure that out. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not KD. It's, it's crunch time, huh, KD? You about to go do what you about to do. The players got to decide that. And unfortunately, all three of them players that I, I just named, them type of players is on every roster in the NBA right now currently. So it's up to that nucleus to figure out who they are. So they can win. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Coaches still gotta play a factor too, because then we seen a whole lot of good teams that just simply had bad coaches and they didn't win anything.
0: Exactly. But shit, I watched the. Uh, I was. Gonna, I was. Gonna, I want to say something about the documentary
1: so bad, but y'all ain't watching, so I'm. I ain't gonna, I'm gonna wait till the next episode to talk about it shit, the next episode, think about this, we could be about two or three episodes in, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they say it's supposed to be ten episodes, right? Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't wait, bro. But, yeah, we pretty much just running out of time. Uh, y'all got any thoughts before we get up out of here?
2: Stay alive and stay blessed.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Rob? Uh...
1: Basically the same thing, man. You know what I mean? Everybody be careful. I don't know if y'all had any recommendations for people. You know what I'm saying? I tried to do that, like, every end of the show. Throw out a book, a TV show, an album. You know, during this quarantine hey, that people man. can pick out to next week.
2: Shows uh, that you've already watched, watch them again. There's going to be stuff that you didn't even pay attention to. I'm watching American Dad and it's it's a lot of shit that I, I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's times when I'm just like, uh, I can't do this. <laughs> so, watch the shows all over again. There's gonna be some shit that you gonna be like, swear to God. <laughs>
0: like, I'm watching the show right now, bro. Um, I finally got a chance to watch it, dog. Uh, that show good as a motherfucking bro. Okay, I, I wait just, for season three in July. Uh, what episode you on? I, I finished with all the episodes. Um, it's two seasons. Uh, each season got ten episodes, so I I finish. I call up. Um, uh, uh, I was waiting on season three, which season three should start in July. Okay, um, wait on that.
1: I'm still on. Well, on season one. Though, I think I'm on like episode four. Oh man,
0: you got a lot to catch up on. But it's, you going to go by quick, though.
1: It'll go by quick. Okay. Um, I just got an album to recommend. I don't know if I recommended it. My man, Ty Ferris. he a local, you know what I'm saying, artist slash MC from Detroit, man. His latest project, man. You know what I mean? Go check it out, dog. No Cosign, Just Cocaine, Part 3. Is very dope. You into good MCing and lyricisms and bars, man. Uh, Ty Ferris, No Cosign. It's cocaine part three. Okay.
0: As far as me, um, the music, um, it's two of them. Is I think I recommend this one before too. Um Raw Wave, Pray for okay. Love, and um blaming Blaming on Baby by the Baby.
1: I'm not hearing a lot of positive reviews on the album though, man. It's only like the
0: first four songs that's okay, you know. But it's it's all right to me though. Okay, okay.
1: I'ma check it up though. I'm probably gonna listen to it probably tomorrow. Okay.
2: Um I'm on my old school tip right now. Lately I've been on my new Jack Swing uh pop rock right lately. Um so
0: You listen to Teddy uh
1: Riley, huh?
2: Actually I'm listening to it a lot I'm I'm doing my own little battle. I'm listening to Morris Day versus Prince right now. So
1: Oh Prince about to tear that boy out the frame. But The Time has some pretty good albums. Yeah,
2: I'm, 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 The Time is, is not to be effed with, bro.
1: <laughs> but always remember this. Prince wrote and produced that whole first time album. Never okay, forget. so
2: good. I'm not tripping. I knew I mm. heard his guitar. I knew nah, I heard his guitar. Nah, he
1: produced every, everything you hear on that first and time I album.
2: Tripping, bro. I knew I wasn't tripping. I'm like, yeah. this is my niggas guitar, bro.
1: <laughs> always remember they was best friends, Sam and Morris Day. They grew up okay. together.
2: Okay. Yep. Damn, okay. they did a good job making us think that was enemies.
1: <laughs> oh, purple Rain,
2: man. Yeah, man, man. they did a good damn purple job. Rain, I thought these man. niggas was beefed,
0: bro.
1: Best friends, dog. Uh,
0: you said what's the other name again?
1: Which one? Uh, Moore's Day. Moore's Day
2: and Yeah.
1: Uh, the time, man, they first album. Oh, okay. Uh, like I, I
2: had no clue. I just always heard the song growing up, but I didn't I didn't have a clue that uh get it up was by them. So when I heard it come on, I was like, swear. Like, and and you know what? It, I love listening to old music because we have this. I don't know about y'all, but I got this thing where I hate it when a song is good and it's only like two, three minutes long. These songs is five, seven minutes, so it's like, just when you think it's over, it's not over. It's always something man, new Most old school it. songs it's like good. five, seven
1: minutes, bro. Yeah, man. I feel like it's um depending on the song, right? That's you know when what... you got a hit, and you know when that beat needs to be a little longer. But you yeah. also know when it's like it's only cookie-cutter. Like it's only a hit for so long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like a lot of Prince, Morris Day, Michael Jackson, a lot of them timeless classic legends, they knew what they had. So a lot of their songs was eight or nine minutes long.
0: You know what I mean? Oh yeah, most definitely, man. But yeah, i about to we about to get up out of here because we pretty much run out of time. We always go over time, but whatever. It's re whatever. Um, this is CJ.
1: My man's Rob,
2: your boy Jimmy.
1: This is Three Raw. Yep. yep. Uh,
0: would you want to stop? Let me see the email. Yep.